You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. We're not going to do it today, but today I want you to start thinking and praying about uh, something that we're going to do for 2017. We'll have prepared for you some, um, some cards. And what I would like for us to do for 2017 is let's be praying about people who don't know the Lord that we have relationship with, that we'd love to see 2017 be the year that they get birthed into the kingdom. Okay? And so be thinking, be praying about that. Hopefully next week, uh, if you're not here on Christmas Day, we'll have it the next week. But we will be having services on Christmas, same time, same bat channel, same bat station. And... uh, and so the next week we'll, as well, but we'll, we'll be doing this all year long and we're going to have our intercessors. We're gonna, if you want to come in and pray over these names and stuff like that, bring them in. If they happen to come with you to church next Sunday, you might not flash their name and say you're going in the bucket, but uh, depends. <laughs> depends on what kind of person they are. That might just motivate them. Uh, but we, we want to... Uh, to look to that. I had a French church that did this and they had 120 new converts within the year. And I thought, wow, sign us up. Let's, let's do that. Let's get real intentional. Uh, let's get real intentional about birthing and discipling. Okay, can y'all say that? Birthing and discipling. We don't want to birth without discipling. We, we've we got to make sure that we're discipling those that, that come in. I think as a kid, I always thought that the evangelist had the easy job because he just came in and made everybody feel guilty that they were going to hell and all this kind of stuff and then provided Jesus and then people would come forward and receive him and then it would be upon everyone else to, to disciple them. The evangelist got up and left. He was gone. He came in, did his little weekend thing or a week revival or something like that. And then the, the real work began. And uh, let's make sure we, we don't lose that the job's not finished just because we, quote, closed the deal. Okay? I hate that Western presentation of the gospel. It just makes me sick because it's, it's about a relationship. It's not about a contract. And so let's get folks birthed into a relationship and then let's nurture them and love them, which is one of the wonderful things that we have before us. We've got so many babies that have been birthed into our fellowship and and friends of our fellowship that have come. And so we get to see these little ones and, and they're just so precious and so wonderful and they're so well behaved all the time. No, no. You know, I've got my, my, my newest granddaughter is five months old now. And everywhere we go, she doesn't make it through without having to exit the auditorium wherever we're at, whether we're at a school play or at the Yuletide celebration downtown. Uh, Zoe always lets us know that she wants more attention than what she's getting. Something needs to be attended to, her diaper, her stomach, something needs help. So, yeah. So let's, let's be mindful of 2017. Let's make this a year of, of really uh, bringing in 
those people that we know, that, have, that the Lord has blessed us with, with some form of relationship, and we want to see them in the kingdom. Take your Bibles and just keep them right there closed. Because <laughs> I'm going to be reading out of the Passion Translation and you won't have a clue which, which in, what verse I'm on. Colossians chapter 2, we're going to look at the first, or verses 2 and 3 and then 6 and 7. <clears throat> mm. My prayer for all of you is that your hearts will be wrapped in the comfort of heaven and woven together into love's fabric. The certainty of your faith will give you access to all the riches of God as you experience the revelation of God's great mystery. Christ unveiled within you. For our spiritual wealth is in him, like hidden treasure waiting to be discovered. Heaven's wisdom and endless riches of revelation knowledge. In the same way you receive Jesus as Lord and Messiah by faith, continue your journey of faith, progressing further into your union with him. Your spiritual roots go deeply into his life as you are continually infused with strength, encouraged in every way. For you are established in the faith you have absorbed and enriched by your devotion to him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. We thank you that your word is living and alive and active and that it has power. And we say, Holy Spirit, come and breathe upon these verses of scripture, the written word with your, with your unction, with your presence, may it be life to us. We pray for transformation today. We ask that we would be transformed according to your love. Amen. Well, the fifth Sunday of or the fourth Sunday of Advent is the Sunday that we celebrate love, and uh, I just couldn't get away from Colossians. I can't get out of Colossians. I'm stuck there. It's a feedback loop that I love, delight in. I'm like a pig in mud, just enjoying uh, the Passion translation of Colossians over and over and over. And uh, this is so incredible. The prayer that Paul is praying for this church is that their hearts would be wrapped. Now notice what he wants them wrapped with. In the comfort of heaven and woven together into love's fabric. Mm. There's a lot of folks that need comfort right now. Oh, yes. I imagine for a church our size, we've had more people pass friends, relatives, and members uh, in this last year than any of the 12 years before. And uh, it's like, to have our hearts wrapped in the comfort of heaven. Mm. And I, I, I counsel with a lot of, a lot of folks that, that have had loss. We're getting ready to start our, our grief share Ministry will start here at the beginning of the year in January. Looking forward to that. That's a wonderful, wonderful time. Dan and Karen Holt had that ministry up for us. Just tremendous. But I'm with, I'm with people every week and I'm helping them get through the grieving process. 
And, and, I, and I, want, I want to see, you know, a Charlie Brown kind of good grief. There's a bad grief that leads to death. But the scriptures tell us there's a sorrow that leads to life. And I want to see all those that are our brothers and sisters move through this process of, of, of loss, especially during this holiday season, uh, with, with a real sense that their hearts need to be wrapped in the comfort of heaven. You don't have to have a death to need the comfort of heaven, but if there has been significant loss in your life from, from a job to a relationship uh, to financial income, if, if there's been a, a significant loss, there's a real need that, that our hearts need to be wrapped in the comfort of heaven. The other night, John Newell was in my dream. Wonderful dream. John had his blue sweater on. I've never seen John in a blue sweater, <laughs> but I noticed the sweater. And, and, and I've talked with other believers who's, who's been having dreams at night and the loved ones who have passed, you know, I, I'm wanting them to, to take note. What are they wearing? What are they doing? Do they talk? Do they not talk? John never said a word to me. I hugged him, saw him. My heart was blessed. I knew that he was having the time of his life. And I wanted to know, did anybody else see the blue sweater? So I, I talked with Karen. I said, Karen, have you seen John lately <laughs> in a dream? You know, was he wearing a blue sweater? Trying to find out, you know, what, what's happening? See, this, this veil between heaven and earth is, is I think it's, it's a lot thinner than what we think. I, 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 you know, we come out of religious traditions and, and we've come out of, you know, Protestant Christianity and, and, and understanding world religions and stuff like that, where we get a little paranoid about, you know, me even talking about seeing John in a dream because, you know, we don't talk to the dead. We don't celebrate the dead. We don't have Mardi Gras and, and, and have seances and do all that. kind. Of, we don't do any of that stuff. We don't talk with the dead. But our loved ones who have died in Christ are no longer dead. Okay? Uh-oh, I might get in trouble this morning. <laughs> They're no longer dead. When I have a dream and someone who has passed from the earth and has gone to heaven and they're in my dream... And that dream is so real that I'm not sure if whether I'm dreaming or whether I'm having a visitation or whether I'm in a trance or... <laughs> Debbie could probably tell you by the volume of the snoring which one of those I was in. But there's something that's there that God wants to touch and bless our hearts with. There's healing. There's healing. And if you haven't seen your loved one, it could be uh, that you really don't have a need for that. But some may have more of a need for that. And I believe that the Lord loves to do that. I was, with, uh, I was reading Chris Vallotton's book, uh, The Supernatural Lifestyle. And it was, it, it was so far out there the first time I read it, I just thought, man, this is, this is really interesting. He's talking about how God communicates and how he heals and ministers and all this kind of stuff. And he hit this little, little segment in the chapter and he had it as trances. 
Now, we know in the book of Acts, you know, there's trances. Peter's up on the rooftop of Cornelius' house, and he, and he has a trance. He goes into a trance. He has the sheet fall down three times and, and all this kind of stuff. And so I think, what in the world is this guy going to say about trances today? Because that, that just doesn't fit in my Christianity. I don't have a little peg that I can put trances in and stuff like that. I got dreams and I got visions, but I haven't really had a trance. And in it, he talks about a lady at the end of a worship service, he's walking out of a church in Southern California. The pastor and him are leaving. And as they get into the foyer, there's a lady off to the side and she has a couple kids. And as he's walking down the aisle, the Lord says, I want you to ask her if she would like to see her two miscarried children. Now, I don't know about you, but when the Lord starts speaking that level of risk, you've got to know that you're hearing the Lord. And the more we get, to me, this is an encouragement, to really listen more carefully for the voice of the Lord. Because the more you listen to the Lord, the more he can entrust into your care. If, if he tells you to go over and tell Marcus, you know, that, you know, Purdue's okay, but I use better. And, and you want to bless Marcus with a little word from the Lord, something like that, you know. And what I'm saying is something trite, and then maybe it goes up a level, and now the Lord's asking you to share a word with someone else. And it might not be on the level of a miscarriage, but you've got to know that you know that you know that you know that this is what the Lord has said to you. When you get to that level, then he can give you something like that. But even as seasoned as Christ was, he thought, oh my stars. <laughs> he goes out, he engages the, the lady in conversation and he says, uh, <clears throat> are these your children? And she says, yes. And he says, uh, do you have any others? She said, well, I, I had two children that I miscarried. Now he's got a clue that what he heard wasn't pizza. It was the Lord. And he said, the Lord wants me to ask you if you would like to see your two miscarried children. Her husband's standing there, <laughs> ready to, what are you saying? You know, and she went, and she went out. And she was out for 45 minutes. And in the 45 minutes, when she came back, all the angst of her miscarried children, that area in her heart had been healed. She had been with them. <laughs> and I, I don't know how the time translates, 45 minutes here. I've been with the Lord here where I've entered into his presence and it seems like I was with him for hours and it was just a couple minutes. And then I've had other experiences where I've been in the presence of the Lord in, in prayer and I thought I had prayed for 10 minutes and I looked up and it was three hours. He's not bound by time and space. We are when we're here on earth. But when we're with him, we're on his turf. 
and the laws of his kingdom trump the realities of this world. The comfort, our hearts wrapped in heaven's comfort. I think, there's a, I think there's a whole lot more for the angst in our hearts. I think we've suffered losses and, and, and the, the Holy Spirit wants us to know that there are resources for us that we haven't tapped into. And we'll look at those as we go on in, in this. And woven together, not only with the comfort of heaven, but into love's fabric. I don't know what kind of fabric love has if it's satin or cotton or if it's that real soft cotton I don't know but I love the fabric I love this woven in in the fabric of love love's fabric Mm. that seems to be pretty good to have our hearts wrapped with the comfort of heaven and a love blanket a love blanket would, would do just fine the certainty of your faith. Mm. He's talking about assurance. The assurance. You're really certain that what you know about Jesus, you know about Jesus. What you've experienced and what you believe is true about God is true about God. I find that many of us, we, we have this area that we're really certain about. And then we come over and we have this next area that we're a little fuzzy on. We're, we're, kind of, we're kind of believing it's true and we're, we're, we're moving in that direction. And then we have this other that is just too wonderful for us to even, even begin to entertain. But it's going to be where the assurance of our faith, the certainty, where we're certain about. Look what happens as, as assurance and certainty takes place in our hearts. Hmm. That gives us access to all the riches of God. As you experience the revelation of God's great mystery, Christ unveiled within you. Mm. So our faith, our assurance, the things that we really, really hope for, these things, these are, these are the things that make the difference. This is where we get access to all the riches of God. Over here, we hope for. We cross our fingers. We wish upon a star. Over here, we don't even have a, we don't even have a framework for this. It's, it's way beyond us. Now guess where I want you to go? Anybody know? I want us to keep moving this way. Keep moving this way. But I want to see this assurance, the things that we're certain of, I want to see it start including more and start including more. And so, so much so that now this moves over here to where we're a little fuzzy on. We're over there, we can't even comprehend it. It's Christ unveiled in you. If I could do anything this morning, I would love to challenge us as believers to really believe that Christ unveiled in us. We don't even have a clue yet what that really looks like. We, we've known the joy of forgiveness. And as a result of, 
of receiving forgiveness, we've been able to extend to others who've sinned against us. We've been able to extend forgiveness to them. And so we, we're starting to understand the economy of heaven and how, how the kingdom works through forgiveness. And we've been loved. And, and, and our ability to express love to others is increasing. Matter of fact, we can almost do fairly well with people we don't know. Matter of fact, sometimes we have more trouble loving the ones we do know than the ones we don't know. But then there's the ones that are off the chart that the scripture calls our enemies. And we're told to love them. If we would be perfect like our Father in heaven, then we have to learn how to love our enemies as well. So love needs to be growing. So as Christ is unveiled in us, we get an understanding of love. We get an understanding of forgiveness. We sh I hope we're starting to get an understanding of acceptance. Okay? A lot of us, we, we come to the place, one of the hardest things to, to really believe in the gospel, the, the too good to be true good news, is that it's for me. Now, sometimes we can receive the good news for us because we see ourselves in such a poor light. We think we're the, the most wicked, the evil, the, the, the exception. But when all of a sudden it, it realizes that that's who Jesus came for, then we can connect with that. And we realize he died for sinners of whom I'm chief. Then we connect with him. And that's wonderful. We understand an acceptance of salvation but we haven't understood an acceptance of sonship and daughtership. We haven't come to the place where we, we've been able to, to accept our true identity in Christ Jesus. And in the church, we've gotten so confused and we've taught it so many different ways that sometimes we make it like it's Jesus. So let's do some Jedi mind tricks. And, and instead of thinking about who we are, let's project onto us Jesus, and we know how wonderful he is, and so we, we do this mind trick to where, yeah, my identity is in Jesus, but we keep him over here. He never gets to be unveiled inside you. I hope that's communicating because this is where the reality of acceptance really begins to happen. Nobody really, some, some of the conservative watchdogs get real concerned that we're going to think of ourselves more highly than we should. I haven't found anybody who's experiencing the unveiled Christ within thinking more highly of themselves than they should. Matter of fact, I've, I've usually watched an increase in humility and in brokenness and an ability to love and serve others. The unveiling. When you really think of what it's like for us to be in Christ and Christ to be in us, and understanding that the love that the Father has for Jesus, that same love he has for you and for me, and that the love that Jesus has for the Father, he has for me 
and for you. And all of a sudden we start to see that we're in this community of love, this, this holy fellowship. And it's like, wow, that really messes with my low self-esteem. That messes with my, my identity as, as a failure. That does something to my fear of failure. Anybody know anything about fear of failure? I heard, I heard something, the Holy Spirit talks to me so many different ways, but every now and then it's through a movie. Watched a movie, didn't have a whole lot of redeeming values. But in it, the person did not play to win, they played not to lose. And their fear of failure is what made them this incredible surgeon and doctor. And as they were having kind of this conversation with someone who transcended earth, it was like, yeah, that's what kept you back. Now, did anybody check out and you don't have a clue what I'm talking about? Because as soon as he did, the Holy Spirit said, yeah. The thing that's keeping the unveiling of Christ within you is your fear of failure. Oh, because if I, if I believe that Christ is truly unveiled in me and I have access to all the riches of God through Christ, it's amazing. Then what happens to the way in which I've been able to perform, the way in which I've, I've been able to get all my strokes and value and worth and significance because of performance and fear of failure. Fear of failure is great drive, great engine to drive you to make sure you don't screw up. But you never become who you are out of fear of failure. So I think one of the things the Holy Spirit's really talking to me uh, to proclaim to you today is we need, to be, we need to be having our hearts wrapped in the comfort of heaven, woven into the love's fabric. And we need to understand that this faith that we have in Christ is what gives us access. It's the assurance that gives us access into Christ being unveiled in us. And as Christ is unveiled in us, oh my stars, it is wonderful. It is, it is too good to express. Where the enemy gets us stuck is precisely the point where we believe that there's nothing, this is as good as it gets. And so we just have to wait for heaven. And I think you can pour pull more heaven to earth than what you're aware of. Is that not what Jesus taught us to pray? Your kingdom come and your will be done where? On earth as it is in heaven. So we got a mandate to bring heaven to earth. And so we need to get our hearts wrapped. Wrapped in heaven. Mm. Wrapped in, in love's, woven into love's fabric. And there we, we, we get I think what we've longed for. I think you've had about all you can take. Mm -hmm. This excites me.
This, this brings freedom to realize Christ in you is the hope of glory. Mm. And to understand what hope of glory really means. It's not just hope of heaven. It's hope of his presence, his glorious splendor now because he's in you. So how much glory can we let out? Let's see if we can go from these lesser lights to an increased wattage this year. Hmm. It's the glory of the Lord. And if anybody gets too big for their pants and they think they're the ones that's doing all the healings and stuff, we'll come by and we'll sit you down and talk to you. But right now I don't have anybody that I need to sit down and talk to because we're not taking very many chances. But as we connect with the glory that's within us, the fear of failure will be ran out of town and the glory will be manifest. So let's love well. Let's love each other. Let's love a a lost world. Let's get to where we start to see everybody the way God sees people. He sees the value in the criminal that we just want to see get justice. He can still see the dignity and the worth of a human being in places that we've got prejudiced and and we write them off. So wherever we are, our assurance, the fuzzy or the stuff that we haven't haven't even entertained, didn't even know was possible. Let's see what we've got. See what he's got for us this year. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you. I pray for just a a divine release of increased brightness that comes not from us trying to be bright, but from us surrendering to your glory. We invite your glory within. Wrap our hearts (laughs) with heaven's comfort. Weave us into love's fabric. Do that work in us that you may work through us. I pray that this would be just an incredible Christmas season of seeing the light and the glory of the Lord Jesus like we've never seen. So I bless my brothers and sisters. I pray that your love and your truth would go forth. I pray as your love calls us to return home, I pray for just a special grace to make that seamless transition from how we've been living life to how you want us to know you and to live life with you. And so I pray for a grace that would go out to each one of us. And may our conversation encourage us and cause us to know we are forever loved. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.